When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Okay, good to have you tuning in tonight. Here's what's going on in the NHL. We have the Rangers and the Leafs 1-1, four and a half minutes into the third, two minutes into the third period. Seattle is on the board, but still trailing the Flyers 5-1. Starting in about half an hour, it's Anaheim at Calgary. And in about an hour, it's St. Louis at Arizona. Tomorrow, 7 o'clock, the puck will drop at Rogers Place. Our coverage starts with the face-off show at 5.30. Anaheim here to face the Oilers as the Oilers will try to start the season 3-0. Monday night football, it is 6-6. Buffalo and Tennessee about four minutes into the second quarter. And uh, my goodness, the Boston Red Sox have blown it open early. They get six in the bottom of the second inning, which uh, is still... Is it still going on? I believe they are still batting. I got the hockey game on the TV. Anyway, it's oh, the second inning just ended. Six nothing for Boston after two innings at Fenway. All right. Game three of that best of seven. The series is tied 1-1. 780-496-0063. If you want to text me or talk to me tonight, the hotline is powered by Certain Teed Professional Grade building materials we're going to have brad lauer from the edmonton oil kings on the show here in about half an hour don says uh, hi reed what is the future for tyler benson with the oilers probably one who should be traded okay well here here's what i think of tyler benson i think he uh, didn't stand out in training camp as much as some other players so therefore he hasn't been in a regular season game yet I think he has worked on some things in the minors the last couple of years to try to round out his game, work on his penalty killing, things like that, because he's not going to be a top six player on the Oilers, at least not in the short-term future, given the players they have on the roster. Uh, I I think I get what Don is getting at there. I mean, how how long are they possibly going to wait for Benson? I, I do think Ken Holland will be patient. That's Ken Holland's track record with a lot of younger players, or even how he handled the Yessi Pugliarvi situation here. And I, I would think, Don, and I, and I often say this to people who suggest trades for players who either are either struggling or not playing, and with Benson's case, he, he's not playing. I, I don't know what the market is for Benson right now. You know, if they if they put Tyler Benson on the trade block, are, are teams going to step up to trade him? If Tyler Benson were waived for the purpose of sending him to Bakersfield, would he be claimed? I mean, if you were the Edmonton Oilers, would you want to claim the healthy scratch off another team? And even in past years where the Oilers weren't very good, there were times they claimed the healthy scratches off other teams. And I mean, I can't recall any that were significant additions. So I I think they're going to wait and see with Benson. And look, Don, he's only one injury away from getting a chance to play. So that's how I look at that. Now, as for Ryan McLeod... 
like I said earlier, I think Devin Shore is going to be activated tomorrow. He was a full participant in practice today. He was with Perlini and Turris, who were his quote-unquote regular line mates in the in the preseason. So I think Shore is activated. They they might send McLeod down just because he can clear waivers and, uh, you know, he's a little younger than Benson and he can get to play a ton with the Bakersfield Condors. That would be my guess now as for how it's going to play out, but we should find out for sure tomorrow. Bulk Hogan who has become a joyful texter to the show in recent months. He doesn't write in a lot, but uh, Bulk Hogan says, in case Darnell Nurse gets worn down during battle this year, Bulk Hogan is still unsigned. His skates are moderately sharp, and the Zoom class skating lessons are paying dividends. Let's go, boys. Sincerely, Bulk Hogan, who is lobbying me to find him a spot on the Oilers. Uh, I believe Bulk Hogan has said in the past he would pay for the or- he would play for the Oilers without pay, as long as they provided him some sort of accommodation, even an old van. Or maybe he already lives in an old van. Bulk, I'll do what I can for you, buddy. But uh, they they don't come to me for scouting advice very much. 780-496-0063. Fred is on the line. Fred, thanks a lot for calling. Go ahead. Hey, Reed. How's it going tonight? Oh, it's Fred. You must be thrilled. Thrilled? Well, the team's 2-0. That's the best they can possibly be at this point. Actually, I am thrilled. Well, before I get to the Oilers, I want to get to the other team in town, the football sure. team. Wow, they're in a world of hurt, and I think I think they're going to have to uh, rate the ship a different way because two and seven. Reed, do you know this could be the worst football team in Edmonton history? I guess you call them the Elks now. Yep. I've 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 looked that up. I think they had a year in the '60s. They only won two games. Uh, I mean, I've been well. I was born in 1974, so my earliest memories are of the five in a row teams. They've, they've had some, you know, they've had some tough seasons along the way in the past 20 years or so, but never to this extent. I've talked about this before. The year they went four and 14 in 2013. They had a bad record, and there were some frustrating games. They also had a stretch, I think, of four or five games in a row. They lost by a touchdown or less. And they had Mike Riley, who you could see coming on. And, you know, I don't know if Cornelius is, is going to be that guy. But, yeah, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a really tough season. And the thing is, against Winnipeg, like, I, I'm not going to sit here and come on and say they didn't play bad or, or, or didn't try. They just... They made some key mistakes and they lost to a really good team that they probably could not beat more than one time out of 100. Yeah, well, the problem besides the football team is putting people in the seats. And I heard the other night there might have been maybe 12,000, 15,000 only, which isn't very good. So Yeah, I was there. They announced 24. Yeah, I I don't know. To me, it was probably around 17 or 18. But yeah, it's tough. I mean... You know what it's like in the CFL, Fred. All the games, there are several factors. Some of them exist every year. You and I both know all the games are televised. And sometimes the TV ratings are good, but the the in-game attendance isn't. It does start to cool off at this time of year, even though Friday was a a relatively uh, nice evening. So those are challenges the CFL always faces. And then further to the Elks' plight, um, you got a bad team. And you probably had some unvaccinated people who maybe would have bought tickets otherwise and didn't because now you have to be vaccinated to go to the games. Right. So I think a couple of challenges exist every year, and then there are a couple that are unique to this season for the Elks. Yeah, well, hopefully they figure it out. Uh, well, 
you know, to be honest, they're not going to make the playoffs this year. There's no way. Well, no, I mean, they have to win every game. And yeah, they can't, they they have enough trouble winning one in a row, let alone five. But let's talk about the other team in town now, the hockey sure. team. Uh, you're talking about a week ago about the Alberta Oilers. Yes, I was. That's right. The, the original plan was that they were going to split time between, between Edmonton, Edmonton and, and Calgary. Calgary. But then they didn't. They only played in Edmonton. Yes. Well, I happy to say this is my 50th year of watching the Oilers okay and I have uh, the Oiler crest uh, the it says the Alberta Oilers and I actually got a WHA jersey I don't know if it's from 73 or 74 but uh, yeah I used to bug my friends in Calgary there's, there's only one team in Alberta it's the Alberta Oilers they didn't like that much but anyway <laughs> their current edition looks pretty darn good I tell you the other night there's something I haven't seen in years the third and fourth line has a lot of hustle and people are already starting to rag on uh, Duncan Keith. We'll give the guy time. He's going to be invaluable come playoff time. Big, I don't know, I love the guy. And I just watched him the other night. He makes the right play at the right time. And that power play, do you think it's going to break the all-time Islander record? Well, you know, Fred, I, I've said that I, I think they can have a season where they're over 30%. So uh, I, I don't know. That I, and I know people laughed at me last year, and they still got to 27.6. I, I think they can top 30%. I think they can um, And I think in terms of the third and fourth, the fourth line we haven't seen a lot of, to be fair. No. So I'll, I'll almost give them a little more of an incomplete grade. But yes, it appears the Oilers finally have an actual third line that cannot just get zone time, but might be able to chip in some goals. And Derek Ryan, you know, Derek Ryan only had two goals all last year with Calgary. So he's already got one for Edmonton. Well, he's halfway there. Yeah, the forward depth is completely different than it's been in a long time. Oh, and look on the D, still got Broberg and Samarukov sitting there. Uh, I can't wait to see Samarukov play whenever he gets back from injury and if he gets to play this year. But yeah. I think... And, I, and I think... I do think Keith has been fine. I think he and CeCe were better on Saturday than they were on Wednesday. And, and like I said, I, th- this is my thing with Keith. Just watch... Um, just... It's for me. It's just how he moves his feet and defends the rush. I, I think he's fine in the zone, and I'm not saying that to crap on the guy. But I mean, I talked to people who saw him in Chicago, and and that's the concern. Now, the good thing is he will not have to play as much as he did in Chicago. He's not playing 24, 25 minutes a night. That's Darnell's job now. Yeah, but uh, you'll see down the stretch what he brings to his hockey team. He kind of reminds me what Pronger did here. But I think Ryan McLeod would do. I think they should send him down to the minors him a lot of playing time and uh getting Devin Shore in there will definitely help that line also They're, the fans of Edmonton should be excited because I think some good things are going to happen and you know what Holland's smart he knows what to do at the trade deadline he'll do some tinkering and I'm not going to say it now but uh, I think you know what I'm would like to. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wait for that, Fred. Yeah, we'll wait, wait for that, for Fred. That. <laughs> anyway, a long time till long time. A lot of games I know, to go. We're but only that, at game two. That's the thing. Yeah. We got let's 80, 80 let's try to sweep the homestand first. All yeah. right, thanks, buddy. Take care, bye. <laughs> that's uh, that's Fred. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. 
this texter says, I watched the Oilers play the Houston Arrows and the Winnipeg Jets in the old Edmonton Gardens, and it was packed. There's a throwback memory. Awesome stuff. Okay, we're going to call a quick time out here, and uh, we'll hear a couple comments from Brock Sunderland about the Harris trade. One Rangers and Leafs, 8-14 left in the third period. Brad Lauer, head coach of your Edmonton Oil Kings, coming up just after 7.30. And before the end of the show tonight, we will get to uh, Xavier Moon, the CEBL Player of the Year, for all three seasons in which the league has ex- existed. He's uh, led the Edmonton Stingers to the title two years in a row, and he's getting a shot here in the NBA G League. Really good opportunity for him. He'll uh, break down how that happened coming up before 8 o'clock as well. All right, so uh, Trevor Harris traded yesterday to the uh, Montreal Alouettes. The quarterback for the Edmonton Elks was having a tough year. He uh, was injured, and he came back, and he didn't play great, and he was pulled completely out of the lineup and uh now he is gone he is gone goes to the montreal alouettes here's gm brock sunderland we made a trade move trevor harris to montreal the reason we did that is we've decided as an organization to go with taylor cornelius as a starter because of that we felt that it was in the best interest of the organization and for trevor harris to make this move um trevor harris and i go back six years t- from ottawa personally and professionally Wish nothing but the best for him on and off the field. We've become very close friends. I certainly anticipate that friendship maintaining and even developing years moving forward. All right, and Sunderland also commented on Harris's reaction to the trade. Trevor's a true pro. Um, I think there's disappointment, obviously, not only with this, but just the whole scenario, the whole season. The, the organization as a whole is, is frustrated with where we are, but Trevor is the consummate pro. Um, you know, the reality is this would be a, a much easier day if Trevor wasn't the man that he is. He's a great person. He's a very good friend. I have no problem saying that, and, and I believe that friendship's going to continue. Harris had played six games this season just six touchdown passes and he'd also thrown five interceptions you contrast that to 2019 in green and gold he played 13 games through 16 touchdowns and he only threw six interceptions in 13 games he was already up to five and six this year Sunderland commented on Harris's play yeah I think just overall winning games one it's never all in one person but the quarterback play in general just wasn't consistent and it wasn't to the level that we certainly anticipated and and where it's been before and again i go back to we feel we can get that from taylor and sunderland also said he thought it was after the labor day rematch that things started to really change with harris yeah i think post calgary at on the labor day game it, it changed as far as you know performance and i think the time off a little bit potentially played a part in that on just maybe playing well but again i'll I'll reinforce this was a performance-based decision it it was all the other stuff trevor's the consummate pro he's an absolutely great person um the reason that this is so shocking is the relationships and the history of trevor me jamie so on and so forth we certainly thought that we'd piece the puzzle together about as as well as you could have um, when the change was made in january another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It was Scott stepping away, so we thought we'd align this about as well as we could. Um, and that's part of the surprise and the shock of, of all this right now. The Elks are now on a bye week. So uh, what about it, Sunderland? Are you going to be looking for another quarterback? Well, we're going to look for a third quarterback, obviously. Um, we've got guys on our Neglis that we like. There's free agents out there that we like. There's been some conversations with some other organizations about potentially a move to get another quarterback in. So that'll be at the forefront moving forward. There'll be some other movements, um, but none bigger than a quarterback. All right. So you, you know kind of how it went last week. Harris was pulled out of the lineup, and uh, you know they they said like not only is he being replaced as the starter, he's not even going to dress for that Friday game against Winnipeg. There was the uh, reports of the conversation that he was having with Brock Sunderland. Uh, you know, after a practice last week at Commonwealth Stadium, and Sunderland was asked when these trade talks really heated up. It happened during over the course of the week with, again, the combination of Montreal losing their starting quarterback, Trevor not dressing, com- conversations about what their needs are, what potentially direction we're going, which I said was we made the decision with Taylor. So in the grand scheme of things, yeah, I would say three to four days is pretty quick. Um, the last couple of days it heated up significantly, and so it really intensified probably the last 48 hours. So Taylor Cornelius who has started three games for the Elks this season. He has let to, yet to win one. He's now the Elks QB for the rest of the season. They have five games to go. I mean, look, as Fred and I were talking about, the playoff chances are, are, are next to none. They would pretty much have to run the table, maybe go 4-1. and one. And given how they've been playing, that seems pretty unlikely. But I, I don't mind the, the chance here for Cornelius to, to prove himself. And, and I think... Let's see what somebody else could do. Let's see what somebody who could do who might be able to be the quarterback in 2022. And Sunderland says, yeah, yeah, I feel Cornelius gives the team the best chance to win right now. Well, I think Friday night we played very well. And I think with Taylor as a starting quarterback, we went toe-to-toe with the best team in the league and had every opportunity to win that game. So I think we want to win right now. That's the answer. And moving to Taylor gives us, in our opinion, that best opportunity. So this is a move to win now and in the future. All right, so, yeah, tough season for the Elks. Uh, We'll see how Cornelius and the rest of them play here down the stretch. Two home games remaining against Hamilton and Saskatchewan. Then they have those three road games in a week to finish out the year. Those are going to be at Saskatchewan, at Toronto, and at BC. The Edmonton Oil Kings, a bit of a hiccup yesterday, but enjoying a pretty good season so far. Their head coach, Brad Lauer, coming up next on Inside Sports. Good old three-on-three overtime in Toronto just started. Leafs and Rangers are tied 1-1, so we'll keep you updated there. Love the three-on-three. Flyers taking it to the Kraken tonight. It is 6-1 with three minutes left. Ducks and Flames about to get underway in Calgary. Blues and Coyotes will face off in about half an hour. Anaheim's here tomorrow to take on the Oilers. Our coverage will start with the face-off show at 5.30. The game will begin at 7 Monday night football, five minutes left in the first half. Buffalo leads Tennessee 13-10. In the top of the fourth, it is now 9-0 for the Red Sox over Houston. 9-0 Red Sox in the top of the fourth in game three of the ALCS. The series is tied 
1-1. The Edmonton Oil Kings played a couple of games over the weekend. Newcomer Luke Prokop scored twice as they uh, beat Lethbridge 4-0 on Friday. And then yesterday, a low-scoring affair. And uh, Red Deer able to escape Rogers' place with a 2-1 win. Nonetheless, a good start to the season for the Oil Kings. They are tied for first in their division with a record of 4-2-1. They've been ranked number one in the CHL since the season started, and their head coach is Brad Lauer. Hey, Brad, welcome back to the show. How are you doing? Hey, Reed, I'm doing fine, thanks. It is great to have you on again. Always appreciate your time. I'm going to start here tonight, three-on-three uh, three overtime as a coach. Yeah. How do you approach it? Do you like it? I, I, I like it. I think it's uh, it brings a lot of... Um, I guess the entertainment part of it and also the skill part of the game um, to it. And it, it gets fans on the edge of their seats. And I prefer this over, over the shootout. Obviously, if it's still tied up, it's really still do the shootout. But um, I just think it brings the brings some excitement to the game. Do you always go two forwards and one D in three-on-three? You know, it all depends on the rotation and the type of team you have. I know in the past we've gone a couple times we've gone with uh, with two forwards and a D for the most part, and then depends on the rotation. We would if we would go and then who other who else was coming out? We would go with one forward and two D, um, just for defensive purposes. But um, you know, if I think for the most part when you see it, I think most teams do two forwards and one and one D, and then obviously uh, I know Winnipeg Jets they they go with three forwards a lot of times, so. Um, teams are being a little more creative with it now, so it, it makes for an interesting overtime. So do you want the players out there in three-man units, or do you still have where the forwards and the D will, will change separately? Uh, forwards and D will change separately. Um, it all depends. You don't want to come off. You want to make sure the last guy coming off is the beer going up the ice with the puck um, as opposed to guys changing on the fly. Usually those forwards are coming coming off at that time but um you know they they, they change separately for us a lot, lot, All right, a lot I of wanna... times too read we'll, a lot of times too we'll, we'll we'll change when we have possession of the puck and what i mean by that is like we might be in the offensive zone moving the puck around and and uh have some motion but we're not really getting a good attack and uh we have plays where we'll pull the puck outside the zone to the far blue line not allowing them to change but we may be able to get two forwards on the ice and uh, rebuild it. That from uh, rebuild our attack that way. All right. Yeah. Thrilling stuff. The Leafs had three Grade A chances in about three oh. seconds and didn't score <laughs> any of them. The Rangers goalie got caught partially out of the net. Got back, yeah. made a save, rebound went across. I think to Matthews who didn't score, and then it looked like the puck was. I thought it was going in, and then I saw it go wide, and now the Rangers almost <laughs> scored. So there's a lot of action here. The Oilers yeah, yeah. shootout last week against Vancouver went five rounds, and Dave yeah. Tippett was asked after the game how many players he will plan on in the shootout, and he said five. What What about for you? How, what's your shootout plan ahead of the game? Yeah, you know, I, th- I think that I think that's pretty much. You have your five guys. I think every time we mark our card, at least for for us, we we have our five guys, and it doesn't the, the rotation of it. I'm not 100 percent committed to a lot of it. It has to do with the feel of the game and how they're playing um, during the game. Um, so the, the the rotation of it may change, but usually it's a it's a set five that, that we have, and the rotation may change from game to game. 
All right, and the Rangers just won 2-1. Uh, the shots were, well, I think it was said it was 41-22 from okay. Toronto. They just took the little, the little but Yeah, Toronto <laughs> outshoots the Rangers 41-22. Rangers wow. went 2-1 in overtime, and I just looked away. I think it might have been Panarin who got the goal. But anyway, uh, okay. the Rangers get the victory there. Uh, speaking of 2-1 games, you guys had yeah. one yesterday, and it just sounds like in general, like you guys aren't giving up a lot. 12 goals against in, in seven games. Costa's great as, as always yeah. like you're really doing well on the goals against yeah i mean it's it's been like it's been a little bit of uh you know the consistency part of it for us has been uh up and down a little bit i mean i think yeah i mean i mean i came in after the second period wondering uh, you know what were the shots against and i think our our video coach had them down for for 12 or 14 shots after two periods and you know i just i just thought that you know, we need to. We're getting shots, but we're not. We're not. We're not sustaining any pressure in the offensive zone. But defensively, I like what we've been doing. I mean, Coast has been really good for us, but we've been very good. Um, you know, structurally in our in our D zone coverage. Um, but obviously, in the offensive zone, as a coach, you like to score more goals. But you know, this is good. This is a, this is good for us. You know, playing in tight games. There's not a lot of panic on our bench during these games uh, when they're tight like this. So uh, this is kind of helping you you know, grow and mature as a team. Uh, so when you do it in the playoffs, uh, you know, games are usually pretty close within one goal. And, and you know, I, I kind of like how our composure has been through these these 2-1 games or 3-1 games or 3-2 games. So, and I look, 16 goals, four in, in seven games. I'm, I'm sure you'd like mm-hmm. a little more than that, though. Again, I, I'm sure. nitpicking yeah. a little bit because you have a, a winning record. But offensively, yeah. do you feel the guys are still relaxed? Like they're, it's not weighing on them that there's not as much finish as they would like? Yeah, you know, I think at the beginning, I think it's starting. They're starting to think about it because I think they're starting to read and, and see in the numbers. Um, you know, and they, you know, you just you can't help but as a player think about it. And even when you look at your stats, if you're a offensive player and you see yourself with one goal or no goals and you're wondering like then you start to press a little bit as the season gets going here and I think that's the thing we're seeing right now is is we have some guys that are probably pressing and you know and and trying to force things to happen in the offensive zone and as you know when you start to do that kind of stuff it kind of works against you so you know this week we'll we'll get back to work here we'll have a practice here starting tomorrow for the next three days and and uh, work on some offensive zone stuff and, and system stuff to get make sure we're ready to go for this weekend so what's going on with jake neighbors he's, he's still with the blues eh he is yeah yeah he played his first game the other night uh, i believe they played in colorado and uh he's played well he's had a great camp and no one uh he deserved to at least get nine games and maybe he deserves to stay there so you know, it's great to see a young man, uh, you know, 19 years of age, uh, have a great camp like he did and obviously make the roster right now. And, you know, as a coach, he, selfishly, I want to see him back back here. But also as a coach, I'm proud to see what he's been accomplished as a, as a player. Yeah, well, that'd be exciting to, to get him. But I, 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 yeah. I think I understand how you feel. You want him to play at the highest level, but man, oh yeah. man, uh, you'd, you'd love an extra bit of firepower. Yeah, I know where I'm leaning. I'd like well. to see him. Back. I'd like to see him back here for sure. But you know, as, as you know, it's, that's just a selfish part of me. But um, you know, he, he's a heck of a player, and he's a really, he's a big part of our team. You know, just the leadership, just the way he carries himself on and off the ice, and. Um, just his presence around our room, he just he just uh, he just brings that uh, next level of maturity. All right, and tell me a little bit about uh, a couple defensemen who have been added here. You traded for Luke Prokop, yeah, and uh, you'll have to help me with the pronunciation. Graden Go- Gotas is that the other new player? Go- Gotas, Gotas, Gotas. Okay, yeah, yeah. 
so uh, yeah, so obviously picking up Luke, uh, I think it was Thursday or Friday. I can't remember all these days or Wednesday. Um, you know, it's, it's a great, uh, it's a great piece to add for for our lineup for our group. You know, we're we need a we needed some more size back there. A guy that can you know kind of control the D zone and take take control of situations. He has a good stick. He's an exceptional skater. Uh, defensively, but also not only that, he he can add some offense to the game. You know, he's a really he's got a great first pass. Uh, you know, he reads the ice very well, and we've seen his first game here on Friday night where he was able to score two goals, and there were you know two great great shots that he had, and he did a really good job along the wall, pulling the puck uh, from the wall to the middle of the ice, and then and then attacking from it. So, um, you know, he's a he's a great it's a great piece to add to our, our roster. You know, I think size is one thing we needed back there, and then he brings that for us. All right. Well, we wish you all the best, Brad. Of course, you and I will be talking regularly throughout the season, and we'll be having some of your players on as well. We had Luke on uh, last week, the day after he was traded. So you guys have Brandon at home 7 o'clock Friday and Medicine Hat at home 7 o'clock Saturday if people are looking to go. Correct, absolutely. Right on. Okay, well, all the best with those, Brad. Thanks for checking in, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Reed. Appreciate it. That is Brad Lauer, the head coach of uh, your Edmonton Oil Kings. So, yeah, he was talking about it defensively. Like 12 goals against in seven games. Now, yes, they want to score more. Uh, they've only scored 16, but I think that'll come. They're 4-2-1, nine points. Red Deer, 4-3-1, nine points. So right now those two teams tied at the top of the Central Division. 744, we'll take you to the moon when we get back. was Artemi Panarin, 3.48 into overtime, just uh, a few seconds after Austin Matthews couldn't control the puck with an open net, and it went through the crease and went wide, so the Rangers beat the Leafs 2-1. Flyers take it to the Kraken tonight, 6-1. Flyers are here next Wednesday to play the Oilers. Ducks and Flames just underway, first minute, no score. Blues and Coyotes coming up at the top of the hour. Monday Night Football, last minute of the first half. Buffalo leading Tennessee 19-17. And the Astros trying to fight back at Fenway. Now in the top of the fourth, the Astros are batting. And they trail Boston 9-3. Okay, the really good news here for a great player here for the Edmonton Stingers over the last three seasons. He's the three-time MVP of the CEBL, and now he's getting a chance in the NBA's top minor league, the G League. Please welcome Xavier Moon to Inside Sports. Xavier, how are you doing? Man, I'm good. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. It's great to have you on the show. We haven't spoken in a bit, so let me congratulate you on winning the CEBL championship for the second straight year. And you were the MVP of the league for the third straight year. So congratulations. Awesome stuff. Thank you. I really appreciate it. In terms of the the title, I mean, obviously with this season, you got to play more of a, you know, actual season. You weren't in the in the bubble, and you got to win it at home uh, in front of the Edmonton fans. Tell me about that moment. Um, surreal. It's a surreal moment, um, especially winning it last year. But like you said, we were in a bubble. Um, and getting a chance to win it in front of our home fans, man, was, was something that I can't even put in words. Um, just I'm happy for our team, our organization, and for the city of Edmonton. 
Obviously, you got a lot of points in that final, and in most games you played this season, but Jordan Baker got the clinching bucket. Pretty appropriate, eh? For sure. Hometown guy, so it's only right that he be the one that's for the winning basket. Tell me about this the season, the, the Stingers. I mean, I think you guys only lost one game, uh, and so the expectations were high going in, and you lived up to them. That's not always easy for a team or athletes to do. What clicked for the team that allowed you guys to be so successful? Um, I think the the culture that we've built uh, the last two years um, and bringing back the core, guy, the core guys that we've had the last couple of years as well, uh, we all know what to expect. Um, so everybody coming in um, already expects the same thing. And we hold each other accountable from uh, from the head man, to, from small to the last person on the bench. Uh, we, we make sure we hold each other accountable. So I think that's what makes us most successful. All right. So that's looking back. Let's look to the present now. An exciting opportunity for you with uh, the Clippers G League team in Ontario, California. First of all, take us behind the scenes. Like, how how does this come together? Uh, I mean, I assume there were other teams that wanted your services, and maybe you know you obviously wanted to play somewhere. So how does it all click for you and, and the Clippers here? Um, so I did a couple workouts uh, a couple weekends ago. Uh, the Clippers were actually the first workout that I did um, when I when I went to Atlanta. Um, I had an individual workout with the head coach and one of the assistants um, for a day. And then uh, the following weekend, I had a, a workout in Dallas, Texas with the Texas Legends. Um, and then uh, the weekend after that, I went to Birmingham with the Pelicans. And then after that, it's just basically whoever wants to offer what. Um, and then I make a decision based on what they're offering and, and what I think the best fit is for myself. So I think me signing with the Clippers is the best fit, uh, being in L.A. and being on the roster that they have and then hopefully um, getting the opportunity to play in the league a little bit this year as well. Yeah. Okay, so when they put you through a workout, I'm curious what they make you do because clearly they have, I'm sure, lots of video on you. I mean, video is available everywhere now. Right. So I'm sure they've seen all your Stingers games. So what So what do they do in a, in a workout when you're there in person that's going to show them something maybe they don't know about you? Well, it's funny that you say that because seeing me play on video and seeing me play in person is a lot different. Um, you actually get to see my speed, my athleticism. Um the, the workout with the Clippers was actually an individual workout, which is me and one other guy. Um, but the one with the Texas Legends was actually like a, a open tryout, well, like an invite-only tryout. So it was like 30 guys in there. So we just played five-on-five for like two hours. Um, so, I mean, I guess you could say, um, depending on the organization, they already know what they want to see. Um, the Clippers were more laid back. It was more of like just shooting and ball handling and stuff like that, pick and roll stuff, whereas the one with the Legends were more so team oriented, see if you know how to be a leader, see, how, see if you know how to talk to your teammates, that type of stuff. So every workout is different. They're not the same. Okay. And this is, uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, this has kind of become a routine for you, right? Because you've done Stingers last three summers. And is it Poland and Israel? The, the last yeah, I was, two? I was trying to go to Poland, but I ended up going to Israel. So okay. yeah, pretty much. Are, are you happy to be staying in, in North America for this winter? For sure. For sure. Uh, I think this this is my first time staying in North America since I started playing pro. So I'm definitely happy to be in the States and hopefully my family get to come to a couple of games. All right. Well, in California, throw, I mean, that's not bad. Edmonton in the summer where it's like light out all day and then California in the winter where you're going to have to get the stove. So good deal for you. Good deal for you. Um, so tell me, like, is this, 
do you view this as, you know, now you can keep knocking on the door for maybe the NBA around the corner or, or how do you look at this opportunity? For sure. That's the only thing that's been in my mind. Um, I mean, the work doesn't stop regardless of where I'm playing, but to know that I'm one step closer to being where I want to be, uh, it makes you work a lot harder and, it, and it's definitely like right over the hill. So what do you think you, that, that, that little bit more you need to do to get now, you know, noticed in the G League and then take a, take a step to the highest level? Um, just maximizing my potential. Um, I've had a lot of people tell me I have a lot of intangibles that can't be taught. So being able to maximize those um, and then just being able to play in an NBA system and, and see how everything works from the inside, I think that's, that'll will help, that will help me get in the door for sure. When you say an NBA system, would you what, what are the differences between that and a, a CBL system, would you say? Um, it's, in CBL, it's FIBA. Um, in the NBA, it's more so a style of play. I mean, you got guys that you want to play through. Um, obviously, in CBL, it's, it's only a couple months um, during the summer. Um, that's more so for improvement, I would say. Um, most, of, most of the guys get their work in during the summer. So in the CBL, I feel like it's more so for just improvement. Obviously, you want to win, but at the same time, uh, you're trying to get better on, on your game. Um, an NBA system, whereas it's up and down, up and down, but you also got to be able to play half court. So, I mean, learning the pace of the game, uh, style of play from every team is different. Um, so you just got to got to get used to that, and then you got to get acclimated to the, the pace of everything. Well, look, Xavier, we wish you the best in the in the G League and uh, and wherever that takes you. And um, you know, for next summer, of course, I'm sure everybody says you're welcome back with the Stingers uh, if, that, if that's where that path goes as well. Yes, sir. I really appreciate. It. I hope to be back next summer, but we'll see how everything goes. Right on. All the best. That's Xavier Moon of the Edmonton Stingers. Outstanding three years here. With uh, with the Stingers, three-time league MVP, two-time playoff MVP. Stingers win the league the last two seasons, and uh, we'll see if Xavier can further his career going to the G League. Pretty cool stuff there, absolutely. Okay, I got to go. We got election coverage coming up. It'll be Steinke and Devaney from 8 to 10, and then we're going to have Jalen Nye and Eileen Bell from 10 to 11 for all your Latest results from the uh, municipal election. I guess there were the provincial referendums as, as well, but I don't think we're getting the results on those tonight. But we'll tell you about the mayor and councillor races and all that other fun stuff. So tomorrow, Bob Stoffer orders now from noon to 2, and I, I will be on with you at the face-off show at 5.30. The game is at 7 as the Ducks visit the Edmonton Oilers. Currently, the Ducks scoreless with the Flames about six minutes into the third period. Dave Campbell off this week. Thanks to Cody Jansen for helping produce the show today. Kellen Kennedy is your studio producer. My name's Reed. Take care. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.